You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Wednesday morning in Tuscaloosa. It is time once again for Southern Fried Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics. Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Schreier, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com. Your daily host of the program here. The show, as always, brought to you by... All right, seems like we lost Travis right there, so we're going to try to get him back. But as he was saying, the show is always brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier, and you can certainly call into the studio hotline, 205-342-9904 throughout the show. I'm Jacob Harrison, the producer, and we're just going to get Travis pulled back in here on a different program real quick. So just bear with us, folks. We appreciate you tuning in to Tide 100.9. Jacob, what do you say? We got you back in here now. Jacob Harrison, how are you doing on this Wednesday morning? I'm doing pretty good, man. It's a little rocky start there. Clean feed not cooperating, <laughs> but uh, it'd be all good. You know, that's where the versatility of technology with this program comes in so handy. If one outlet doesn't work so well, we just shift on the fly to another. And voila, magically, here we are through the magic of radio in 2021 no worries just a little bit of a stumble out of the gates there a little bit of a carl lewis start to his attempt at singing the national anthem all those years ago at that new jersey at the time nets basketball game if you never saw carl lewis the international olympic track and field star attempt to sing the national anthem google that one youtube that one that was kind of like our start here on a wednesday edition of southern fried sports but we're here, we're happy to be here, and we certainly have a lot to talk about 
on this Wednesday. I'll tell you, you look outside. I'm looking outside Studio T right now, and it makes me envious of those folks that are out on the golf course today. Great day to tee it up. Great day to do anything outdoors. At the same time, you think immediately when you think golf about who? Eldrick Tiger Woods and the events of yesterday morning there in the Los Angeles area. Tiger Woods seriously injured in a car wreck, a crash, in which a rollover was involved. Tiger, apparently both legs with severe injuries that required surgery. And so, look, at this point, first things first, let's, uh, let's get Tiger back to some semblance of, of health that allows him uh, a, 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 an acceptable to high level of quality of life. If golf somehow comes from that, given everything he's already encountered physically uh, throughout his career with the back, with the knee, with the legs, uh, just had a back procedure performed here not all that long ago on Sunday on the broadcast there uh, out there in L.A. at the Riviera Club. You know, he was asked about the possibility of him being able to even participate in this year's Masters coming up. In just a month or two, a couple of months, I guess, early April, traditionally, is when we see uh, them go for the green jacket there in Augusta, Georgia. But, you know, Tiger was noncommittal about that possibility. And so even before all this, it was very much up in the air where he was at from a golf perspective. But again, first and foremost, here's to uh, regaining a, a quality of life that will afford Tiger the opportunity to be and do what he wants to do with his family and his children first and foremost. Uh, and then we can get into maybe, maybe some golf talk down the road. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio line. If you'd like to jump on board with us on a Wednesday morning, we would love to hear from you. We are going to check in. Big basketball game tonight, Fayetteville, Arkansas, right? Big basketball game, little late night affair over there at Bud Walton Arena. Alabama looking to clinch its first SEC regular season title since 2002, going into Northwest Arkansas to take on a white hot Arkansas Razorbacks team. Clearly, the top two teams in the league right now, both ranked in the top 25. Of course, Alabama, a top 10 team that is shooting for the one line when it comes to seeding in the NCAA tournament. That's an 8 p.m. tip again. That's on ESPN2 tonight. Insane three-game stretch the last time these two teams met that Arkansas, unfortunately for the Hogs anyway, found itself in the midst of. First, Alabama went to Kentucky, won by 20 at Rupp Arena, then came home and put a 31-knot on the heads on the heads of the Hawks here in Tuscaloosa. And that was just before Alabama went back on the road and dropped 105 on LSU in Baton Rouge. That was validation at the time. About as clearly as it could be that the 4-0 start that Alabama had gotten off to in SEC play was anything but a fluke. That three-game stretch that pushed Alabama to 7-0 and uh, in the league that kind of told you this team was here for the long haul where conference play was concerned. Alabama in that first meeting in mid-January with Arkansas, the bench 
clearly an advantage to Alabama, as it has been throughout the season. Alabama outscored Arkansas 38-13, to where bench points were concerned. You had Petty, Jones, and Shackelford combining for 46 of Alabama's 90 points in that win. Moses Moody, really good player for Arkansas. The Razorbacks' leading scorer on the season. He had 28 in a losing effort for the Hogs, so he's a guy to keep an eye on. From the opposing vantage point tonight, Alabama in that game, by the way, back in mid-January, had 15 threes compared to just four for Arkansas. So I'm guessing, I'm going to guess Nate Oates would like to see that sort of disparity between the two teams where the three-point shot is concerned tonight. Now, Alabama, as you might recall, Going into that Arkansas game, coming off Kentucky, had just lost Jordan Bruner for the extended stretch. So, no Jordan Bruner in the first matchup with Arkansas. We'll see what his level of effectiveness is tonight after returning last weekend, last Saturday, in the win over Vanderbilt. So, that'll be an interesting angle to this game as well. And then elsewhere last night, you had kind of teams do what they needed to do to put this game between Alabama and Arkansas into even clearer focus for tonight where the SEC regular season title is concerned because Georgia, Georgia knocked off the LSU Tigers. LSU last night went into that game as a four loss team in the league. Now with five after severe, severe Wheeler with the triple double for the dogs man he's a fun dude to watch doesn't look like your typical basketball player he looks like a guy that frankly you would see at the rec center but he'd also be that guy at the rec center whose team never comes off the court because his team just keeps winning and winning and winning a triple double last night for wheeler in georgia's win over lsu that eliminates the tigers from contention for the sec regular season crown or at least a part of it um, you also had Ole Miss on the road. Man, look at this Missouri team. This Missouri team, since the win over Alabama, Alabama's lone conference loss to this point of the 2020-2021 season was there in Columbia, Missouri. But Ole Miss has been playing good lately. Ole Miss playing good, but then inexplicably, not that Ole Miss lost at home over the weekend of Mississippi State, but really got kind of thumped. But uh, give the Rebels credit. Go on the road, rebound, and get a win over a Missouri team that has been dealing with some injuries, similar to Alabama and some other teams. But had Jeremiah Tillman back on the floor last night, no excuses for Mizzou in dropping another. One in four now, Missouri, since that win over Alabama a couple of three weeks ago. Also, Florida bombed Auburn on the road last night. Down on the plains, no Sharif Cooper. He was in a boot last night, the freshman point guard. And with that, Florida made pretty easy work of Bruce Pearl's Tigers. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line if you'd like to check in with us. Also of note yesterday, how about Alabama baseball? Now off to a 4-0 start with that 5-2 win over Jacksonville State on the road. Sam Prater and Peyton Wilson with a couple of home runs to pace the Alabama offense. Wilson actually got the game going with a leadoff homer. Prater followed suit 
in the fifth. I happened to be tuned in on that uh, watch ESPN stream at that point in the game, and Sam Prater hit a bomb to left. They have some sort of uh, trees out there in left field at Jacksonville State. Rudy Abbott Field, I believe it is. And uh, Prater, it looked like, cleared the trees in left field with his two-run homer. Alabama goes on to win 5-2. to two. Got some strong pitching over in Jacksonville last night. Three Alabama pitchers combined to five hit the Gamecocks and rang up 12 Ks of Jacksonville State batters in the process. Uh, now you get UT Martin in here at the Joe this afternoon. Man, you talk about it. It might be a tough ticket. It might be a tough ticket for a Wednesday 3 o'clock first pitch because of the limited capacity and the weather. I think tickets are available, by the way, at RollTide.com. Tennessee Martin in here this afternoon for a 3 o'clock first pitch with Alabama looking to go 5-0. and oh. You've got Wright State in here for three games this weekend, so you hope this weather continues to hold up. You hope, if you're an Alabama fan, that Brad Bohannon's club continues to get off to a strong start. Speaking of Martin, Tennessee, it is the home to a four-star quarterback of note for the 2022 recruiting cycle. He, of course, being Ty Simpson, who Alabama is very much involved with. And Ty Simpson is set to make his college decision known Friday afternoon. He was going to do it last Friday. He had all the weather and everything else going on. He postponed it. Ty Simpson did. Now Ty Simpson set for this Friday afternoon. Alabama, Clemson, Tennessee, Ole Miss, Notre Dame has offered here late. And at last check it, 247sports.com, all the crystal balls there are in favor of Clemson with Ty Simpson. But, you know, I talked to Tim Watts. I talked to Hank South, do an outstanding job covering recruiting, of course, longtime veterans of the recruiting industry and Tim Watts and Hank South at BOL. And they continue to tell me Alabama right there in the thick of it for Ty Simpson. So we'll see. Ty Simpson's dad, of course, Jason, the head coach there, head football coach at Tennessee, Martin. It's been interesting, as we've talked about on the program, where quarterbacks are concerned on the recruiting front for Alabama. 2017, Jake Fromm initially commits to Alabama, flips to Georgia. You end up with Tua and Mac Jones. I think that worked out okay. 2020, Carson Beck from Mandarin High School in Jacksonville, Florida. Really those same neck of the woods as Mac Jones came from down there in Northeast. Carson Beck initially commits to Alabama, flips to Georgia. You end up with Bryce Young. I think that's going to work out okay for Alabama. And by the way, in getting some of these guys in the boat, you also flipped some guys of your own. Mac Jones coming from Kentucky to Alabama. Bryce Young going from South Carolina, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, the real USC. I didn't mean to, I had SC here on the show notes. From Southern California to Alabama. Drake May, just a year ago, initially commits to Alabama. He flips to North Carolina. Jalen Milrow in the aftermath flips from Texas to Alabama. It all seems to work out at the quarterback position. We're going to go to the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line right now. Before we head to our first break, check in with Corey on a Wednesday morning. Corey, how you doing? Good morning, Travis. How you doing this morning? I am great, sir. I hope you are as well. I'm doing great. Uh, 
how happy are you how this softball team performing? Well, I mean, you can't be anything but impressed uh, after the first couple of weekends, right? Uh, just absolutely taking care of business. Uh, an emphatic finish to the Bama Bash over the weekend with an Ocho job of a top 10 team in the LSU Tigers. So, so far, absolutely so good for Patrick Murphy and his team. He's done what he typically does early in the season. He's got to look at a lot of different players in some different situations. He's handed the ball to a number of different pitchers. I think we understand that Montana Fouts and Lexi Kilfoyle are going to be at the top of that rotation, but uh, it's been, I would think, for Murph, about as about as clean a start as you could have hoped for. Bailey Dowling, the freshman emerging at shortstop, uh, she's been as billed to this point, and what a weekend for Kaylee Tao, man. Um, what a, I mean, just an absolutely tremendous weekend. Uh, 11 to 14 uh, in the Bama Bash. So, I mean, you're getting it from some expected outlets when you talk about a team that is still very much, I would say, veteran-oriented, especially with pretty much everyone coming back, minus Skylar Wallace from a year ago. But, you know, Alyssa Brown is doing it, as you would expect her to offensively. Kaylee Tao. Alexis Mack, KB Sides, Bailey Hempel. I mean, the names are pretty much what you would have expected going into the season. Right, Corey? Yeah, speaking of KB Sides, how concerned are you about her injury? Yeah, I I don't know enough probably to to even speculate on that. But uh, it's obviously important because, I mean, we've seen her right there at the top of the lineup. And you you understand the value of of that role. you know, one, two, and even nine in softball. I mean, they're all a lot of times pretty interchangeable, but um, her versatility, too, is an offensive performer. She can run. She can hit for power. And I think she brings some real juice. Some She brings an edge and also some toughness right there at the top of the lineup that tells you this isn't going to be easy today. Uh, that's that's probably as much as what I've liked about KB Sides to this point in her career as anything else. You get the feeling that no matter the sport or the event, uh, it could be a board game. And, and she has a, a thirst and a desire to win, a real competitor that you like leading the way for your club. Yeah, just whatever the injury is, I just hope that she's not, that she's not out for a long time. I know Murphy said that she had an MRI done yesterday, and hopefully it comes back negative for whatever, whatever structural damage yeah. or whatever it is. But, but what are you looking forward to tonight against UAB? Well, I mean, you know, this with UAB, it's a it's a midweek game that you're you're expecting to to win, and. Um, you know, it's a it's another opportunity at home, and then you look ahead to the Crimson Classic coming up this weekend, and uh, you know you got North Carolina coming in here along with Memphis and Troy. So, uh, you know, I think it's still a point in the season where lineup wise, or you know, getting some different people involved throughout the course of the game, uh, assuming it's more than a five inning type affair, uh, that that'll continue to be you know what we see. I, I think the midweek games are interesting too, Corey, as you know as much as anything to kind of see who they run out there in the circle, you know, who do they take a look at who is sort of more of that, that midweek option going to be or, or how it could impact how the, 
the weekend sets up. And again, with the pitching depth that this team has, and there's there's no easy answers for opponents, even like UAB tonight, because I mean, you still have Sarah Cornell, you still have uh, you know Crystal Goodman, you know, and and she's only appeared in one game, so. I would think this would be a spot between, you know, Sarah and Crystal, maybe even Torrance, um, you know, get some of those uh, those pitchers some work tonight. Well, I think we all agree that UMB's probably going to throw their ace out there tonight, and we'll probably throw, like you said, Sarah or Crystal out there, and because UMB wants to win the game, and I'm not saying although it doesn't want to, but UMB wants to win the game because that that's the biggest game on their schedule. And we we don't need to throw our ace out there necessarily for this game. Save it for the week. Save our ace for the weekend. And our talent should in the in the lineup should overpower their ace. And uh, I think we should be able to put up some runs. And then as far as the weekend goes, as long as the weather doesn't interfere with the games, I feel like we all them should go five and zero in this stretch here. It's just. I think North Carolina with Brittany Pickett's going to be an interesting matchup, lefty versus lefty in the lineup. And then Troy has a very good pitching staff. And then Memphis, even though they're 0-4, they haven't played a lot of games, so it'll be interesting to see how they come out. But like I said, as long as weather doesn't interfere, this should be a good tournament. Interesting midweek game a week from tonight with Mississippi State in town. Oh, yeah. uh, They – even though it's not an SEC uh, conference standing game, you got Mia Davidson and Folly Lewis. That's very good hitters, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they're, they're a dangerous team. If you don't, if, if you don't jump out on top of them necessarily, they, they can do damage. I'll yep, give you that. They can. Hey Corey, we got to get to this break, and absolutely, Mississippi State since the coaching change seems to uh, be very much trending upward. Hey, Corey, we appreciate the call as always. Enjoy the game tonight. All the games yeah, good, tonight. Yeah, good talk to you, Travis. Roll There you go. Corey checking in on a Wednesday. Plenty of action over there on the Diamonds off-campus drive and Bryant Drive uh, this afternoon and this evening. You can pull the double. You can pull the double. You can make that 3 o'clock, 10 Mark, Tennessee Martin game, and then ease over to the Rhodes House for Alabama UAB softball at 6. Why not? Come on. I thought you were a super fan. Let's head to a break when we come back. Cecil Hurt on the road. Cecil Hurt en route to Northwest Arkansas. We'll check in with Cecil coming up next on Southern Pride Sports. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports, and it's brought to you by Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider for Alabama athletics. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. A stellar weekend at the plate earned Kaylee Tao recognition from the Southeastern Conference as the Madisonville, Kentucky native is the SEC Softball Player of the Week. Tao paced the Alabama offense in an undefeated weekend at the Easton Bama Bash, hitting 786 at the plate with a team-leading seven runs scored and nine runs batted in. In the weekend finale against the Tigers, she scored three times and drove in a career-best five runs batted in to help the Tide score 13 runs, its highest total in program history against LSU. For her efforts, she was named the Easton Bama Bash MVP. I'll have more in a moment. 
You hear a lot today about the Bama factor. Well, what exactly is it? It's a saying that Coach Saban uses constantly. It's actually what the program is built on. Commitment, discipline, effort, toughness, and pride. Well, at Dex Imaging, we believe in these same principles. To be the very best we can be, day in and day out. So for all of your business office solutions, put Dex Imaging to work for you. Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider of Alabama Athletics. The Alabama women closed the Southeastern Conference Swimming and Diving Championships with three more gold medals on Saturday, boosting the Crimson Tide into fourth place with 973 points, its best team finish since 2003. Ryan White led the way for the Tide, winning her third individual gold of the meet Saturday night, repeating as the 200 backstroke champion with a time of 148.55. The junior was voted as the SEC Swimmer of the Meet and won the SEC Commissioner's Trophy as the individual high point scorer. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by Dex Imaging. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network. A delightful afternoon, a sunny sky, the high 73. For tonight, mostly fair with the low at 46. Tomorrow, increasingly cloudy. Rain will arrive tomorrow night, the high 70. Friday, cloudy with a chance of rain during the morning hours, the high at 60. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide! Seventy-five, the boys from Led Zeppelin dropped this one. Physical graffiti, double out. About forty-six years ago now. Cecil Hurts en route to Fayetteville, Arkansas, and who knows? He may have this one. He may have this one going right now. This may be a little road music for Cecil Hurt on a Wednesday. Right, I like Cecil's moment, I road playlist. Seriously, no kidding. Play some days to confused yesterday. Uh, one of those days, play some. Was in the bottom. You know, if, if, if bottom on the drums doesn't get you walking around, then I don't know what to. Is John Bonham your favorite rock musician of all time? If you had to pick one, where's John? You like you love John Bonham. You got him up there. I John love John Bonham. Bonham. My favorite rock drummer, yes. Okay. Now, musician is hard because different skill sets, but uh, I'm a huge John Bonham fan. Mm-hmm. A lot of fans out there interested in Alabama, Arkansas tonight, but we also got a glimpse of Cecil Hurt's breakfast option on his Twitter account <laughs> earlier today. Now, you went through Oxford. Was that solely to have the breakfast you had, Cecil, or is that kind of the way the route takes you? You know, it, it's really – there's various choices. The, the fastest way is probably to go up to Hamilton and go through Tupelo because they've got 22 uh, pretty well open. But, you know, that's the way I'm, I'm kind of used to, and you catch 22 in Holly Springs. So, it's you know, if it was – uh, 
15 minutes out of the way to get that breakfast, it was fine. <laughs> well, you got the later tip. We rich, by the way. I didn't eat it all. Somebody got on me about their cholesterol, which is true, but uh, at least I kept the hollandaise on the side. Yeah, if I posted that tried these to, days. tried to calm down that a little bit, but it's uh, it's awfully good. Yeah, it looked great. looked outstanding. Uh, speaking of, 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 of brex, breakfast options, uh, Alabama and the Hogs tonight over there at Bud Walton uh, Arena. Um, seems like, I mean, here we are, right? I mean, based on the events of even last night within the league with LSU going down at Georgia, though we sort of anticipated that the Tigers weren't going to be a big factor here down the stretch. It's, it's right there for the taking for this Alabama team tonight for the first time since 2002. Cecil, uh, an SEC championship hangs in the balance. It does, and it's not a must-win. You know, there are other uh, permutations, but but um, there'll be other games and other chances if, if uh, Arkansas is a one-point favorite tonight. But, you know, I think that the feeling and the excitement and all the attention that this year's team has gotten I think Alabama fans would be really disappointed. That, you know, not not despondent, but uh, they would love to see this team uh, just just kick down the door, just knock it down, uh, put everybody else out of reach, and have it done. And have it. Uh, I don't know that they would do any net cutting in Fayetteville, but but you know have that on the horizon when you get back home and it's, it's been that that kind of year you know it, it, <laughs> um the loss at missouri was disappointing and so i think it would be disappointing to alabama fans even though it, it certainly wouldn't a ruin the year or b <laughs> if you're if you're really pushing for that number one seed um this quad one game, this quad one win would really be a big help, but um, it's not going to knock Alabama off the two line if, if that's where they are, uh, regardless of what happens. But, you know, this team has delivered so much, and they've won it Tennessee, and they've won it Kentucky, and they, they've won at Auburn. And, and, but, yeah, I think Alabama fans are, are really invested in this game. Obviously, the the SEC title is first and foremost on the on the priority list. But you touched on the bigger picture and the potential for a one seed in the NCAA tournament. How much more difficult, in your opinion, does that achievement become with a loss tonight? Is it one that strikes a major blow to the chances, or are there just still too many things that can play out that can impact that? There are a lot of games that can be played, but I think the way that it's shaken out, it's going to be hard to get Gonzaga. Nobody's going to beat Gonzaga, I don't think, uh, out of the West Coast Conference. Um, Baylor could lose a game or two, but I think it's going to be hard to get them off that one line. Michigan, you know, made a statement, went on the road and made a statement against Ohio State. Uh, Sunday, so that's the kind of game I'm talking about. You can go on the road, get a quad one win, and that's 
it's going to impress the committee. So Michigan, while they certainly may not win the Big 12, or excuse me, the Big 10 tournament, um, they're going to be hard to get off that line. So that would leave Ohio State. You don't control what Ohio State does. They could win out. And, and if they do, they'll stay on that one line. But if they don't, um, and Alabama has that, Arkansas has another quad one, it, it's got an argument. It's got a case. Uh, the, the Big Ten metrics are just so strong this year. Um, the SECs are good. Uh, could have been better in non-conference, and that's not singling out the you know, particular team. Alabama could have won a couple of those non-conference games that they lost. You know, Kentucky going one and six non-conference, that never happened, but it happened this year. Um, so it'll be interesting to, to see how it shakes out. I, I'm not sure. There is certainly a brand value to being a number one seed. Um, if you're the first two seed, I don't know that that makes a tremendous amount of difference one or two in the way your bracket shakes out, whether the 15 is going to be much tougher than the 16, and then you don't know 7, 10, 8, 9, who knows. Um, now, again, you, I'm not sure you want to be the last two seed if your goal is the final four. And, and having to play Gonzaga to get there, so uh, so there's some there, there's some value there. There's just and I say this, I, I've said this for many years, even when it's been Alabama fighting for that last four in spot. You know, when when Alabama was going, when I was making a fairly similar trip to St. Louis, you know, Colin hit the game winner. It's, it's, even at this point, we're still in February. Uh, there's a lot of basketball to be played, so see how things shake out. But you know, you, you, I don't have to tell you. You look at last night. Um, LSU's picture is a little different now. Missouri's picture is a little different now. Ole Miss, I don't think they're in yet, but they kept themselves alive. So we'll see what happens with them. And that's just one night in one conference. It's going on all over the country. So. Um, you know, there were other guys. Georgia Tech went up one at Virginia Tech, so forth. Uh, so it's hard to say, well, if they win this Arkansas game, they're a one seed. If they don't, they're going to drop down a, you know, two. It's a lot of basketball to be played. But in terms of the conference title, um, I think Alabama would sure like to walk out of Fayetteville uh, knowing that it was it would have a trophy waiting on it when it gets to Nashville. Something else that isn't bad for the brand when you talk about Alabama hoops is recruits making lists and teams like the McDonald's All-American uh, team in the, the game there. And uh, we saw that with J.D. Davison yesterday. And, uh, you know, again, a, a continuation of just this positive momentum that Nate Oates has working in his favor right now. Yeah, it's a shame that there's not a game this year because of uh, right. COVID-19. Because that would be the kind of game where J.D. could really um, sparkle. You know, if, if, if you're not going to you know, get up there and defend him, he's going to 
either shoot the three or he's going to get by you. And if he gets by you, uh, you better hope your big man protecting the rim. And even then, your big man might regret protecting the rim with J.D. So, um, unfortunate that there's not a game. There six SEC signees made the team, and it was it, it spread around. Auburn had one. Ole Miss had one. Deshaun Russell, little point guard. Um, so, that's good. That's good for the league. And, and you know, there have been years when the SEC would have six McDonald's All-Americans, but Kentucky signed five of them. <laughs> yeah, so, so not this year. The health of this Alabama team right now, Nate Oates seems to be pretty positive about that. I guess he should be. We did see Jordan Bruner against Vanderbilt over the weekend. Um, again, something else that when you project this team moving towards uh, the postseason, uh, bodes well, I would think. I think so. And, and I, again, I think they'd like to. Uh, a win lets you keep that cushion, and um, it's not absolutely critical that Jawan Gary, for instance, rushes back, or that uh, Bruner plays 37 minutes, or that Herb plays 37 minutes. Um, although I think I think Herb, just from talking to Nate Oates, I think Herb's getting close to to being ready. So it's a it's going to be interesting to to see how they a lot the minutes Herb. This isn't a hundred percent on Herb. I don't know what uh, he's done to the league of SEC officials, but um, Herb needs to stay out of that foul trouble too. He's had a couple of games. One of them, um, you know, when he when he fouled out was he wasn't a hundred percent. He's trying to defend. It wasn't a hundred percent. The other one where he got the nose foul uh, up in Missouri. Yeah, I don't know, and I didn't think that. Uh, I, I thought he he made a couple trying to make plays and um, got himself a couple of, against Vanderbilt, and then um, didn't play as much. And it was just fortunate that, that Bruner was you know Herb played. I think it broke down that Bruner played nineteen and Herb played eighteen minutes. So. Um, Need Herb on the floor for more than eighteen, but you'd, you'd like to be in a position after after this game because this game is going to be hundred percent taking the shot at the title. Uh, but you'd like to win it and, and be in the position where you didn't have to play thirty-seven or thirty-eight. That doesn't mean you don't want to beat Mississippi State or that you don't want to beat Auburn for sure. So, uh, still, to your point, they are getting help. They do seem to be getting healthier. Might even have Juwan uh, back next week for Auburn. Absolutely. That would be uh, uh, great to see for both Gary and this Alabama team. Um, Understanding the SEC tournament annually is referred to as the Big Blue Invitational. There hasn't (laughs) been that vibe with this Kentucky team this year, but it looks like here of late, Cecil, could Kentucky end up being the team nobody really wants to see when we get to that point? Uh, not only could they end up being the team nobody wants to see, they could end up being the first team Alabama sees. Yeah. So we'll see. They're in that 8-9 right now. And assuming Alabama holds on and gets that one, um, you know, I think 
I'll say this much about it. Without you know, they're, they're with tremendous respect for them, and you gotta you gotta get through. And lots of teams have looked in the football championship game and said, "Oh heck, we gotta play Alabama." Uh, and in the basketball championship, it's oh heck, gotta play Kentucky. But I think Alabama fans have had enough of playing Kentucky in the tournament for a few years. <laughs> I like the final. You know, in the final, you roll the dice, take your chance. Uh, so, didn't have you know? It's so difficult because don't know and, and may find out more tomorrow or Thursday or excuse me tomorrow or Friday about what the league's going to do on makeup games. You know, it didn't help Kentucky to have Texas A&M not come up to Lexington. I don't think so. Um, they could still they could still finish seven certainly, but um, they they could also be right there in that eight nine. Where they are right now. See, so what do we got to do to get these haters to leave Rush Probst alone at this point? I mean, can't the poor guy just coach high school football and peace and quiet? It's just amazing how this stuff always seems to find Rush Probst, to now, of course, the head coach at legendary program Valdosta High School there uh, in South Georgia. Uh, it just seems to catch Rush at every every stop these days, it seems like, Cecil. Rush, who, let me say one thing before, and Rush makes himself a little bit of an easy target. Rush has always been cordial to me, and, uh, you know, whether it's been interviews or, or when he's had players being recruited. Um, so, so I don't have a personal issue with Rush. Now, I know what I know what Rush's um, rap sheet is over the years. Um, he's a, he, he obviously is a tremendous coach because you, know, you just don't win state championships at various stops along the way if you're not. Um, I, I think it's probably, without knowing the truth and who's, Two sides of the story, you know, Russia hasn't been indicted. You know, there's, there's a civil case that's about named. And yeah, there, there's some residual stuff going on with even the previous coach, you know, and how that all should right. be, I guess, too. Right, the booster club president and so forth. Right. Uh, so I don't know. Now, you know, you, <laughs> Russia isn't going to get a whole lot of benefit of the doubt from anybody. But, I don't know specifically what happened in Valdosta, but if he's got problems there, I think it's time for Rush to go see if he can win a New Mexico State championship. <laughs> Albuquerque uh, I. Do like, do like everybody mix. used to do when they take that Texas Tech job, right? Oh, Hide out in yeah. Lubbock for a year or two. Um, yeah, you can do that. Where, where nobody's... nobody's <laughs> but, but you uh, said it. Nobody's within with 80 miles to worry about how you got these two, six, three, 280-pound defensive ends. Whatever you think of the guy, no matter what, his teams are in the mix. Valdosta made it to the state semifinals in big boy ball in the state of Georgia, coming out of South Georgia. That's not easy to do. It's just amazing to me that with all this other stuff that apparently is always <laughs> swirling around the guy, I don't know how he does it. You know, with, with I don't know how he has time to do it. I, that's what I'm saying. 
where does he find time to make it to the final four of big boy ball in the state of Georgia? It's amazing on that front, I guess. Uh, yeah. He, he knows how to, he knows how to come yeah. up. You know, he, he, uh, and, and some, uh, you know, Russia has plenty on his plate. Again, I'm not, I'm not uh, rushing to Russia's defense, like an unavoidable comment, but, uh, you know, some of it, the, the, Button heads with the kid that was wearing the helmet at Colquitt. You know, I, right. I don't know what that's about. Um, he's a he's a uh, he's a volatile personality. I'll say that about him. But he he does do some winning. You know, you're a savory veteran of sports media, as we know. Uh, so this won't surprise you, Cecil but things can get awfully political in South Georgia high school football. I know that's a shock to you, Cecil. I know, you know, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, unlike, unlike that over the mountain, Alabama, <laughs> Birmingham, oh. Jefferson County, Shelby County football. Oh. Where it would never oh. be political. No, no. No, no. As long yeah, that's as South Georgia. These, about, as long as South Austin, Thomasville, Albany, they yeah. all want to win now. They want to win. Yeah. You got some booster club presidents make Jerry Jones look like he doesn't even show up at the Cowboys offices, you know, on a daily basis <laughs> in some of these some of these high school situations. And I know about uh, Lasta High, Lowndes High, Colquitt, where Rush was at, it means a little bit to those folks down there uh, at last check. Hey, Cecil, we talked earlier uh, off air about the Tiger Woods situation. I know. We we're pretty much on the same wavelength where that goes, and just uh, you know where you you hope first and foremost where Tiger's able to return to, uh, just in in terms of his day to day life. Yeah, he has he has a family, he has kids. Um, he is a tremendous athlete. He's super competitive, but I, I think within that. Nobody in the world understands better what it takes to play um, winning PGA Tour golf, major championship golf. Um, and he's, he didn't know on Sunday if he could do that again, just these other issues. And so now it's just small goals. Um, I would, I would. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to speculate on that, but um, I would suspect the next thing for Tiger would be a couple of more surgeries, to be perfectly honest, um, where they get things more stabilized and, um, you know, swing it, swinging a golf club. If he does it again someday, you know, God bless him. Um, and if he can't, he, he needs to be mentally prepared that, that um, there are other things in his life, and I think he's probably closer to being that way than he was ten years ago. Um, but, but you know, he'll he'll always be welcome in the game of golf. You know, he's, he's his relationship with this generation of golfers. You know, Justin Thomas, Tony Finau, the guys we saw speaking yesterday. Um, I think it's much better than it was, even with his peers, even with his Ryder Cup peers. You know, if, if if he's able to, to be a Ryder Cup captain, you know, he'll be a Ryder Cup captain. 
he wants to be. So there are things he can still achieve, but you know the, the amazing physical tools and that that you know that whiplash back that he would have on his back swing and the power he could generate. Um, it, it would be even in this day of modern miracles, it would be miraculous to see him ever achieve that point. Yeah, and as far as the accident itself, you know, we've both been out in that area quite a bit in Southern California, the Los Angeles area. I think most people who haven't, they sort of equate it to these wide open, you know, big expressways. But when you're traveling around in certain areas there, and it's tight quarters, two lane roads. I mean, even a iconic, you know, pathway like Mulholland Drive has some areas where just a little bit of a misstep or a mishap of any kind. And uh, you find yourself in a, in a bad, bad spot real quick, I guess. Yeah. You're in those canyons, you're in those hills, you know, rolling hills is right there. Not far from where he, he had his accident, Palos Verdes, um, which is, which is hilly territory. Um, and frankly, they don't want a big interstate rolling through there from mm-hmm. LA or San Diego, you know, they, they want smaller communities. And, and, um, and I don't know where, where he was. I don't know how you could put a four lane road there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, no, it's not, it's not that he was on, on the I five. You know, it's not that he was on the four or five, eight lanes of traffic. Um, as the, as the, deputy that worked the accident said uh, somebody asked him if it, at the press conference and I thought he did a good job deputy that situation they asked him if it was the worst wreck he'd ever seen and he was like no ma'am no right not, not in those hills yeah he's, I mean, he's, I'll he's alive he's, come, yeah. he's gone down there and told him not even to send the, the rescues Fire and rescue just in the corner. Yeah. Hmm. So at least he didn't have that to deal with. Absolutely. Well, Cecil, uh, speaking of traveling, safe travels uh, as you continue to proceed towards uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas for tonight's Alabama Arkansas men's basketball matchup there at Bud Walton Arena. And as always, we appreciate the time, Cecil. Look forward to doing it again next week. Well, it could be history tonight, so everybody tune in and watch. Absolutely. Be locked and loaded, 8 p.m. tonight, ESPN2. Cecil will have a firsthand account for you right there from Northwest Arkansas. Thanks, Cecil. Church drive. Talk to you soon. There you go. Cecil Hurt en route to Fayetteville. Right now, we're going to head to our final break when we come back. We'll put a wrap on a Wednesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. From the towns of Nissan Traffic Center that work on the Woolsey Fidel Bridge, this is on McFarland crossing from Tuscaloosa into Northport, westbound. They're working on the lighting and it's really backing up traffic. So if possible for the next several hours, you might want to avoid McFarland and use Lurleen as an alternative. I'm Captain Murray. A delightful afternoon, a sunny sky, the high 73.
for tonight, mostly fair with the low at 46. Tomorrow, increasingly cloudy. Rain will arrive tomorrow night, the high 70. Friday, cloudy with a chance of rain during the morning hours, the high at 60. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Hope you're really able to get outside and enjoy the 70-degree temps. What a perfect afternoon to be at the Joe for some Alabama baseball. First pitch set for Alabama-Tennessee Martin at 3 p.m. And then, of course, some evening softball at the Rhodes House over there off campus drive. How about Alabama UAB at 6 and then you've got Alabama, Arkansas hoops at eight. You're set, man. Or ma'am, you take the rest of the afternoon off, man. Just enjoy this great weather. Thanks again to Cecil Hurt, the lunch whistle on this Wednesday. Talk about perfect outdoor activities. That deck there at Southern Ale House at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Great opportunity during this respite from winter to take advantage of the great outdoor seating at Southern Ale House. They'll set you up, they'll take great care of you. Soak in this excellent weather, soak in those outstanding options there at Southern Ale House. Plate dinners, sandwiches, burgers galore, great, great stuff there. Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Until 11 a.m. on Thursday, have a great rest of your Wednesday, everybody.